0: He was not the light, but came to bear witness to the light. And now down to verse 19. And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed. He did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. They said to him, then, Who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Let's see, do we continue on? Yes. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, then why are you baptizing if you are neither the Christ nor Elijah nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one whom you do not know, even he who comes after me. The thong of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. This took place in Bethany, beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. So uh, today is a little confusing because we have two two different Johns that we are talking about. Uh, There is John, uh, the Baptist or baptizer. Uh, who we just read about, uh, who was um, the cousin of Jesus and who was the one who uh, prepared the way for Jesus by baptizing and uh, spreading the message of repentance and preparation. So we have John the Baptist or the baptizer, as some people say, and then we have St. John, the evangelist, the one who actually wrote the Gospel of John, who he actually wrote uh, five uh, New Testament books, the Gospel of John, three letters of John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. We read a bit from 1st John uh, during the uh, Advent wreath lighting, and then Revelation uh, he also wrote. And John was known as the beloved disciple and really wrote uh, a lot. His gospel and his letters are all about God's love. John the Baptist, John the Evangelist. So St. John the Evangelist wrote, God is love. God is that word we use to point to what is, by definition, always beyond what we can imagine. Human beings, of course, are finite, we are limited, we are born, spend a few short years on this earth, and then pass on. We cannot know everything, we cannot do everything, We cannot be everything. God, on the other hand, is infinite. Everywhere present, powerful, pervasive, knowing beyond what we can know. So, if God is love, as St. John says that means love is infinite as well. So just a warning up front, a sermon on love, like a sermon on God, is doomed to fall short because all we have are these finite human words, this uh, finite uh, human imagination to point to what is always beyond us. We will never reach the end of God. And the good news is that we will never reach the end of love. In his hymn to love St. Paul... Put it this way, love is patient, love is kind, love is not arrogant or boastful or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, love never ends. But even though love never ends, love is still a paradox because love always embodies itself It somehow crams itself down into our small, finite human lives. That's one of the ways that it's beyond our understanding. How can that be? Just like God, love is bigger than I can imagine. Nevertheless, when I reflect on moments of genuine love and connection in my life, Most often they are small. They're imperfect. That's part of what makes them beautiful. And completely human. Yesterday I spent the day driving through the cold drizzle making home visits uh, to some of you, to some of our committee chairs and volunteers, just to say thank you and Merry Christmas. And uh, it was beautiful. Uh, the rolling hills, the old farms, um, the houses, each one different, and the faces who greeted me, each one uh, beautiful and unique. We stood, because of this um, COVID time, uh, we stood shivering on front porches or in front entryways in our masks and sharing stories and laughs and, and sorrows. Under other circumstances in which they were not, this... Um, horrible global pandemic, we would be having parties and we would be gathering and uh, be close and offering hugs and uh, we would be in familiar places with familiar people. Nevertheless, it was wonderful to have the opportunity. For me, it was wonderful to have the opportunity just to come to you. And so even... In this uh, very imperfect world, under this very set of of uh, this set of very imperfect circumstances, uh, love was there and abounded in new ways. And it's awkward, you know. I mean, <laughs> it's awkward not being able to greet each other in ways that that we're used to. And even in that imperfect, weird awkwardness, the love is there because we still find ways to meet. That, that is precisely the power of love. That is why St. John or St. Paul can say, love never ends. Not even a pandemic can harm it but only enhance it. On my Granby tour, I joined the drive-through family visitation uh, for the family of Mark Kibbe, a parishioner who died in a motorcycle crash over Thanksgiving. Uh, Once again, not how we would usually do things. The Kibbies stood under a tent in their front yard as the cars filed slowly past. I pulled up, rolled down my window, reached across my passenger seat and held Catherine Kibby's. kept my mask on, everyone was wearing masks, and held Catherine Kibbe's uh, wet, mittened hand. Uh, while the rest of the family stood around and stomped their feet (laughs) to keep them warm while the outdoor uh, heaters blazed. And uh, offered my condolences, as so many other hundreds did, because love knows no end. Even though love's power is beyond our comprehension, love is not arrogant or boastful or rude. It does not insist on its own way. I guess if it did, it wouldn't be love anymore. Take, for example, John the Baptist, the baptizer, whom John the evangelist wrote about. Our scripture today tells us that John the Baptist... Embodied humble, self effacing love. He had gained quite a following for his baptizing movement. Thousands came from miles around to hear him preach and to receive his baptism of repentance in the Jordan River. He was so successful that the religious authorities in Jerusalem thought he might be the Messiah, the Savior of the world. the one the prophets had foretold for centuries earlier. When they asked if he was the Messiah, John said, no. They asked then, well, are you like a second tier? <laughs> are you like uh, Elijah? You know, someone who's really powerful, but not, not the Messiah. And John again said, nope. Nope. So they asked, well, are you just some kind of regular old prophet then? And again, he says, nope. They were like, well, who are you then? (laughs) And John said, a voice crying in the wilderness, prepare the way. In John's case, his calling from divine love, once again, this grandest and most powerful force in the universe, is simply making the path smoother for someone else. Advent is a season of preparation for Christmas, as uh, Emily said, uh, it's an adventure in preparation. As a part of preparing our hearts to receive the Christ child, it's traditional to remember John the Baptist, who, whose role was to prepare the way. You see, none of us can make it on our own. Not even Jesus. Jesus needed human beings a regular old guy, not even a regular old prophet, just a dude who baptized people named John (laughs) to prepare the way for him. Even the Son of God needed someone to smooth his path. Each of us has made it to where we are because of countless others, generations of forebears who stewarded the land, built our towns, built this church, built our our homes, built the institutions we depend on for food, safety, education, and health. We benefit from the knowledge, the wealth, the sacrifice of parents, teachers, scientists, leaders, pastors, soldiers, entertainers, musicians, artists, entrepreneurs, And on and on it goes. Farmers, foresters, managers. And we demonstrate our love as human beings by smoothing the way for those who will follow us. What kind of world are we leaving to our children and grandchildren? Is it one that they can look at and say, Wow, those people really loved us. Love would not be genuine if it did not include the pain and suffering of suffering and sacrifice. John the baptizer lost his life because he prepared the way for Jesus, who then also lost his life in preparing the way for us. During his last supper with his disciples, Jesus himself said, no one has greater love than this, than they lay down their lives for their friends. Smoothing the way does not come without Cost. This love that is endless, endlessly demands, endlessly calls us to love and to give of ourselves. In this pandemic time, for example, we remember all of the essential workers, the healthcare providers, first responders who have been putting their lives on the line often without adequate support, risking their health and sacrificing time with their own loved ones so that we can be safe. Loving is giving and complete love gives itself away completely. So, how is love calling you? How can you, um, how can we align ourselves with this endless call uh, to give of ourselves, to, to ease uh, life for others, for smooth the way, smoothing the way for those who will come after us, even if it makes our life difficult? How can we love this imperfect, infinitely loved world? In her poem, The Messenger, poet Mary Oliver, uh, put it this way, my work is loving the world, Here the sunflowers, there the hummingbird, equal seekers of sweetness. Here the quickening yeast, there the blue plums, here the clam deep in the speckled sand. Are my boots old? Is my coat torn? Am I no longer young and still not half perfect? Let me keep my mind on what matters which is my work, which is mostly standing still and learning to be astonished. The Phoebe, the Delphinium, the sheep in the pasture and the pasture, which is mostly rejoicing since all the ingredients are here, which is gratitude to be given a mind and a heart, and these body clothes, a mouth with which to give shouts of joy to the moth and the wren, to the sleepy dug-up clam, telling them all over and over how it is that we live forever. God so loved the world that God gave the only Son, Jesus, who was born, lived, and gave his life that we might have abundant life now and eternal life in the world to come. How will you embody this love that never ends, this love that is God today? Amen.